Welcome to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast. Welcome back to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast, and it's Alexis once again at the helm of the podcast today. As I mentioned on the show recently, I was furloughed from my job due to the current health situation, but one of the fortunate side effects is that I get to spend more time working on the podcast, which is an extremely nice distraction. Today we're going to be diving into a topic that is timely for a couple of reasons. One is that the anniversary of this event is looming. It's actually just a few days away, as I'm recording. And based on when this episode releases, it will either have just passed or will have happened fairly recently. The other reason this topic is timely is that we'll be talking about hospital ships and their roles in war and other times of crisis. As I'm sure you know, the United States Navy ship Comfort has been docked in New York Harbor since March 30th as it works to bring relief and needed aid to the medical workers in New York City during the coronavirus pandemic. Today we're going to be discussing the RMS Titanic and what might have become of it had it not floundered beneath the icy waters of the North Atlantic on April 15th, 1912. But before we do that, let's take a quick break to hear from one of the sponsors of the show. Here we are taking a quick break from today's show. This is Don along with Alexis. And what we'd like to talk to you about today as I guess the founding members of a Fork in Time <laughs> podcast, I'd like to talk to you about the actual platform that we host the podcast on. What's the name of that platform, Lex? Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. And I have to tell you that when we were starting a Fork in Time, I was an avid podcast listener, but I really knew very little about what was required to actually get a podcast up and going. And so I did a little research and as a result of that research landed on Buzzsprout. It's not surprising that I landed on Buzzsprout because there are over 100,000 podcasts that call Buzzsprout home. And so it's where we chose to host Buzzsprout, and I think it's safe to say we're very happy with that choice. Wouldn't you agree, Alexis? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I like about Buzzsprout is they made it very easy for someone who was new getting into what we were doing. They had great how-to articles, including some videos, some suggestions, and so... Basically, they started answering questions that I didn't even know that I needed to ask as I was getting my podcast going. And so I would recommend if you've been thinking about a podcast, we don't think of you as a competitor. We just think of you in terms of joining our community. Our recommendation would be that you give Buzzsprout a try. I think so, too. Yeah. Uploading episodes is easy. The statistical backups that you get to understand what's going on with your podcast. Again, you'll find it's a very easy platform to use, uh, very interactive, very, uh, very intuitive. And actually, if you follow the link in the show notes... Uh, you get the benefit of being connected to Buzzsprout. And what you will get with a paid hosting plan uh, actually is a $20 Amazon gift card. What we will get uh, as a result of you letting them know that we sent you over as one of as, to, to, to check out Buzzsprout is we actually will get some benefit as well. So I think there's a term for that. What's that term, Lex? I think it's a win-win. Win-win. So if you've been thinking about doing a podcast, I would recommend that you check out Buzzsprout. Follow the link in the show notes. Uh, with a paid with a paid plan, hosting plan, if you move forward there, you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card as a result of following our link to go there. And we'll get the uh, privilege of knowing that we help somebody join the community, so that makes it a win-win. We hope you do it today. 
welcome back to the show. So, of course, we t before we talk about the what if, we have to talk a little bit about the what did. The RMS Titanic took off on her maiden voyage from Southampton, England on April 10th of 1912. At the time of her launch, she was the largest ship afloat. She made stops in Sherbrooke, France, and Queenstown, Ireland before heading out into the Atlantic Ocean. On April 14th at 11.40 p.m. ship's time, she struck an iceberg. The collision caused the hull plates on her starboard or right side to buckle inwards and opened five of her 16 watertight compartments. She was only able to stay afloat if four of those watertight compartments flooded. At 2.20 a.m. on April 15th, the Titanic perished along with more than 1,500 of the estimated 2,224 passengers on board. One quick note here about the number of lifeboats on board the ship. She was only carrying lifeboats for 1,178 people. Obviously, that's a fraction of the souls that were on board the ship. This is a major point that gets brought up a lot when talking about the tragedy of the Titanic, but this was standard practice for the day. A big reason why the death toll was so big was simply the temperature of the water that April night estimated at just 28 degrees, when normal water temperatures for that area during that time of year were around 45 degrees. With temperatures like that, bodily functions stop within mere minutes of contact with the water, leading to hypothermia and loss of life. I think that if the Titanic had made it to our final port of call, it would have been a later sailing of that same ship or another ship to have a disaster resulting in life lost because of the inadequate number of lifeboats to get something changed in terms of regulations. But that's the what did. Let's move to the what if. It's April 14th, 1912, 11.40 p.m. Somewhere in the North Atlantic, all is quiet below deck as children are sound asleep in their beds. Gen gentlemen are finishing up their last whiskey before turning in for the night, and nothing appears on the horizon except the smooth, glassy waters. All is normal. The Titanic sails into Pier 60 in New York City on the chilly morning of April 17, 1912, to cheers from the dock. A successful maiden voyage complete, the first of many more to come. The Titanic then completes several more Atlantic crossings before duty to King Country calls with the outbreak of World War I in 1914. She is pressed into service as a hospital ship by the Royal Navy. I'm going to assume here that she survives the German U-boat attacks during the war. Ironically, her sister ship, Britannic, would not be so lucky, falling victim to a German naval mine in 1916. Hospital ships were supposed to be clearly marked and not attacked, but that rule was not closely followed. Following the end of the war, she goes back, in, back into service as a luxury ocean liner. The White Star Line and Cunard Lines merge in 1938. In real life 1938, Cunard was the stronger company and took 62% of the new company, with the White Star Line taking the remaining 38%. Cunard was in better shape due to misfortunes in the White Star Line, like the sinking of the Titanic in 1912. So without this, the two companies are on equal footing and they actually split the new company that forms in 1938 50-50. The White Star Line would not have been completely bought out in 1947 as it was in the real timeline, and the dual company would exist until it merged with Carnival Cruise Lines like Cunard actually did in 2005. If the Titanic was still in service in 1939, highly unlikely, that would have been 
over 20 years since it had started selling, but it is still possible. She once again would have been called into service as a hospital ship with the outbreak of World War II. More likely, she would have been retired until White Star Line could have come up with a suitable use for her. For her, And I think that it use is pretty obvious. Floating luxury hotel. Imagine if instead of the Canard Line's retired Queen Mary, it was the White Star Line's RMS Titanic that was now docked in Long Beach Harbor and welcoming thousands of guests a year to take a tour through her storied past. Not a big leap in my book. Actually, I've been to Long Beach. I've taken a picture in front of the Queen Mary, and I had friends that actually thought it bare a striking resemblance to another ship, the RMS Titanic. So that does it for another episode of A Frickin' Time. Maybe this is a mini-sode, if you will. But I still want to thank you for joining me today. As always, we love having you. We would also love for you to get in touch with us as we continue to navigate these interesting times that we're going through in current history. You can do that by visiting our website, aforkintimepodcast.com. There you will see our COVID check-in page. Please reach out to us. Some of you have already, and we've been encouraged to get those messages. Drop us a line to tell us how you're doing. Uh, you don't have to share your name if you don't want to, but we'd also love to hear where you're listening from. We are building a community here at A Fork in Time, and we want to let you know that you are not alone. So we want to hear from you. Let us know how you're doing, uh, and let us know where you're listening from so we can kind of see that we're all in this together. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts right now, so that's an easy way to do it. You just uh, hit that subscribe button, and then they just appear in your feed. Again, we want to thank you for your time listening today. We hope that you are do we're doing our small part to provide a little bit of a distraction and reminding you that we're all in this together. So this is Alexis Shelley signing off from another episode of A Fork in Time. All, and as always with that famous Yogi Berra adage that we tweak just a little bit here on the show, if you find A Fork in Time, take it. Stay home, stay safe, but stay connected. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to A Fork in Time, the alternate history podcast. Learn more about the podcast at www.aforkintimepodcast.com. Join us next time.